So over the years, our beloved parenting contributor, Heather Johnson, has enlightened us on the best parenting practices. But in this month of December, that motherhood rule book requires some revisions because parenting during the holidays has its own unique challenges, but it can also be, we're told, and we hope, the most magical time of the year to be mom. So Heather joins me with do's and don'ts for holiday parenting. I love this topic. Yeah. We need this topic. We're about <laughs> what? A couple weeks away from Christmas. Yep. The sugar is flowing. I'm going to add that to the list of challenges. A lot of sugar out there. Everywhere. Everywhere. Right? Yes. What other challenges do you see for mom during this month? Well, there are so many expectations for the holidays. I mean, really, we kind of start right after even Halloween is included, but we've got Thanksgiving and now here we are at Christmas. There are so many expectations. We put them on ourselves. Our family puts them on us. We have extended family that has their own set of expectations, meaning how they want things to go, activities they think should be executed. We're extra, extra busy. We think we need to figure out how to do all the things all the time. To again, satisfy all the people. All the people, right? And so just this overwhelming space of expectations that everyone has, it makes this really tricky to parent. It can be really hard. And I, I'm about to say the most obvious and probably dim comment of the day, which is it does all land on mom. Like we know this, but uh, not all of it. Mm -hmm. I saw you flint a little bit. I know, bit, a little. We don't a, want it to. A lot of it does when you talk about those expectations of extended family or the dish I'm bringing to the holiday party mm -hmm. or a lot of that does land on our lap. So the load is real. The, the load is real. There is, there is more to do at this time of year, right? If we're going to like, I don't know, a random week in March, <laughs> there's less to do than there is in December. Yeah. So yes, yeah. there is a lot that we're trying to get done. Let's talk about how moms can bring in the merry and the magic, which is what we want mm -hmm. as much mm -hmm. as any child wants this time of year. You say it's not too late to have sort of a pre-event meeting. There's a lot coming down the pipe mm -hmm. in the next 10 days. We can strategize around that. We can. You always want to have pre-event meetings. It doesn't matter how old your kids or how young your kids are. This is where you're sitting down with them and you're helping them understand what's about to unfold, right? It's getting everyone on the same team, on the same page. It also does so much to help our kids be able to transition. So if you have a child or an, a teenager has a hard time transitioning, and all of a sudden Christmas Eve, you're gonna go from grandma and grandpa's house to aunt and uncle's house, then you're gonna come home and then you've got all this mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. Help them understand. Help them understand who's gonna be at each space. Help them understand what's gonna go down. If you have a child who's sensitive with food, help them understand what you're gonna eat there. These pre-event meetings give your kids an opportunity to have a voice and to feel comfortable and safe and secure because you're making all these experiences predictable for them. It does so much for them. The other really cool thing about having these sit-downs as a family is you get to ask your kids what matters to them. Mm. We would be shocked to find out that there's quite a few things we probably worry about that don't matter to our kids over the holidays. Yeah. And it gives them a voice and, and an ability to say, mom, this matters the most to me. And we can go, great. Well, let's put less energy there mm -hmm. and stress there. Mm -hmm. And let's focus on these things that the three of you or the six of you have said really matter. Sit down together and have conversations about it. Get prepared for it. I love this. And conversations, plural. I first interpreted this as have a pre-event meeting as in Christmas is the event. But you're saying every party, huh? every dinner, hmm. every church event. Yep. Talk all the it. things, right? Even even if you've got, a, I mean, I'm thinking ahead for us, we ha we still have co some choir concerts coming up yep. or piano recitals. To be able to sit down and say, hey, you're going to come home from school on Thursday and we're going to do these things and then we're going to get ready about 5.30 and then we're going to head over about 6. This is where you're going to sit. Help them understand, no matter the age, when things are predictable, we feel more safe. Okay. And those event, those pre-event meetings do that. This next piece of advice, I also have an interpretation mm -hmm. too that may or may not be accurate. I kind of see this as building a Fort Knox of our emotions, meaning your words are, don't let your kids mm -hmm. dictate 
your emotions or don't rely on your kids to set the tone. We kind of have to lock up and be our own inner compass, right? We do. And even to add to that, we don't want to rely on our kids to manage our emotions. Okay. We don't need them or want them to have to show up a certain way during the holidays for mm. us to be okay. Mm. And what we do is we have all these expectations, which remember, we, we want to let those things go. We want to just expect of us instead of expect of other people. Yeah. But we get there and we need kids to be on best behavior right. and have an excess of gratitude and every toy is their very favorite and be so excited <laughs> to see their you know least favorite aunt that they have. Yeah. We want them to show up in certain ways so we feel okay. Right. We don't want to rely on them to manage our emotions. We want to be the ones in control and in charge. Instead of having our kids do that, we want to be able to help our kids. They are tired. They have seen lots of family. They have had lots of stimulus. Our teenagers, if they're in college, you know, they've stepped away from family or from friends. If they're teenagers, they've come home for Christmas and have a break from school. They have a lot of emotions going on. Sure. Relying on them so that we have a good Christmas season isn't what we want to do. You want us to keep this season unconditional. What do you mean by that? So the way Christmas is set up, if we're not careful, everything is very conditional. Santa, well, he shows up and gives you presents versus coal if you're a good enough kid. Okay. And an elf is going to show up and watch you. And if you behave a certain way for 24 days, then you're going to get certain things. We even use a lot of words. We're constantly saying, are you being naughty or nice? Mm. And describing the list that their names are going to make it onto. When it comes to Christmas, it should be a season that's unconditional. If you're going to do Santa, do Santa, regardless of how your kids act, right? If there is going to be an elf in your home, allow it to hang out with your family and have experiences and watch you with them, opposed to if you don't act a certain way, then you don't get certain things. Because isn't that attitude or that approach at the heart of the season it's anyway? It's exactly right. Because yeah. as soon as we change that, now we're actually going against the exact reason we say we celebrate for a month. Yes. The exact reason. We also then are, are being very misleading in the values that we're expressing and teaching our children. So we want the season to be unconditional. I love Choose that, it. Heather. If you're going to do it, do it. If Santa's going to come, then Santa comes. If he's not, then he doesn't. I love that. I really love that. You want us to create give lists. What's a give list? So again, to line up with the values of the season, we are very quick and have probably already said to our kids, okay, write down your Christmas list. Yeah. Give me your, your wish list. We've what had a couple. Want? <laughs> yeah. Probably a number of different versions, right? Variations, yeah. They're, they're traded out on the fridge or yeah. wherever. And we're, you know, the ones parents walking around the stores are online with the list on our phones that we've taken yeah. pictures of. I mean, the North Pole does have a deadline. We just yeah. established. <laughs> we just had to establish that. But yes, go on. Right. Give list. There, there's an, an end. Mm -hmm. to it, right? How often do we sit down with our kids and ask them to create a giving list? A list of all the things they can give. Mm. The, the resources that they have, the excess that they might have, the talents or abilities that they could give and use to serve other people. Imagine if in our homes, instead of us crossing off all the things that we're acquiring and getting, imagine if as individuals in our family, we all sat down every night and crossed off all the things that we gave that day. Mm. Again, to support, remember, we want to be really comfortable with what we do this season. We want our kids when they're done to, to realize the values behind it, not, not the toys behind it yeah. or the ski passes behind it or yeah. the cards and gifts behind it. And so this giving list, it changes your home when you have everyone sit down and write down all the ways that they can give outward yes. instead of all the things they want to bring in. In our final minute together, help us help our families and our kids specifically manage all of that family time mm -hmm. that's coming, which is so wonderful, but can be overstimulating like it you can. mentioned. This extended family piece is a big deal. Okay. And the sooner we can decide what we want the holiday to look like for our family, instead of doing it everyone else's way, mm -hmm. the happier our, family, happier our family will be and the more connected we'll be. So to be able to, again, reach out before the experience and say to extended family, 
here's what our family is able to do and contribute. We can come from two to four. I can bring these things. Mm -hmm. This is how we can be engaged. But then to be sure to follow it up by a statement that makes it very clear that you're grateful for that extended family. For example, thank you for supporting that two hours is what's best for our family, mm. right? Thank you for understanding and being supportive that we need to juggle a couple different households on Christmas Eve yeah. and lead our extended family to where we hope they'll be, where they, we hope they'll be supportive. The other thing with extended family, especially with kids of all ages, is our kids tend to go into these situations and there's an influx of everybody wants a hug and everybody wants to wrap their arms around our kids. And we love that. And also not every kid is comfortable with that. Not all children are okay with that. And so this is a really good place for us to help values and advocacy come together, where we want our kids to understand you don't necessarily have to hug that person, but you do need to respect that person. You do need to build a connection with that person. So to manage extended family means you might not have to hug your grandma, but maybe you could give her bones, mm -hmm. or maybe you could give her a handshake, or maybe you could sit down next to her and put your hand on her shoulder and then ask how she's doing. Mm -hmm. So it's a really great place for us to teach our kids how to navigate extended family and them to stay comfortable and also live the values that our family believes in. Okay. It's okay if it looks different, as long as the values are being maintained. But parenting at this time of year, it takes takes a little creativity, You've stepping back a little bit. armed us up in all of the right ways, thank you. A good pre event pre-holiday pep talk, Heather coaches families and individuals. You can find her contact information on our website.